What's up, guys? I am Garrett. And I'm Dabin. And it's Cross Country Comets. Uh, we are super excited. As you can tell, we are still in the same clothes. Um, we yeah. just just recorded. We wanted to do the first two back-to-back just because our schedules aligned very well to do that. Um, and these are our episodes, so uh, we want to have them ready to go, especially since we are uploading them literally one per day for the next week um, yep. until Friday. So we wanted to make sure we had them ready to go. So we are doing these back to back, as you, like I said, same clothes, the whole deal. Um, But we're super excited to do phase two because phase two is where Marvel tried to expand a little bit. Phase two is where they realized, hey, this formula worked. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Voices all (laughs) over the place. Um, They realized, you know, this formula works. People like superheroes. Let's see what else they can do. And I think they had a number of hits and really good ones and out of the box movies that people didn't expect. And then a few misses as well. Um, I don't think the misses are too bad in phase two, but I think there's a few. But um, let's get right into it. Um, Would you like to start or would you like me to start? I will let you choose. You started with Avengers, so I'll start with Iron Man 3. Okay. I don't have a lot to say about this. I don't like the movie. Okay. I know you do, but I don't like the movie. Um, <clears throat> man, I'm really trying to get all my thoughts together just because, like... <laughs> There's uh, there's a lot of stuff that I did, I really did not like about this movie. Um, I hate that Tony Stark have gave himself a clean slate and trying to make it seem like he was never gonna make another suit again or ever be Iron Man again. Um, I hate the I hate that he got himself fixed all of a sudden if if we all knew, like like uh we all thought that it was like permanent but it really wasn't so then he gets himself fixed in two seconds at the end i hate all those suits went to waste like oh my god like there's so so many of those suits in the comic books that i really loved and they were just blown up into fireworks just because it was christmas and i'm like oh come on man um and the mandarin God, man. Uh, the Mandarin after Ironmonger was one of the scariest villains to me because my dad, he didn't let me read the comic, but he told me about the story. And ever since he to- told me about the Ten Rings that the Mandarin had and that he that the Mandarin almost killed himself just to ki- uh, try to kill Iron Man, creeped the crap out of me. Um... I liked where they were heading with the terrorist thing and the Ten Rings. I liked it. It gave us something to um, look forward to. We were scared about it. And then it ends up being this this other dude that has firepowers just because he is in control of his girlfriend that Tony dated in 1999. Like, it, it was too much. Like, it felt like unnecessary retcon. <laughs> and it was it was going all over the place. I do love something that people don't like. I do love the PTSD, because that is real. When you really think about that, oh my god. Like, I really like that he was getting having uh, anxiety attacks. I love that. Um, I don't like the fact that he gave his address to everyone, especially terrorists who would, in your mind, would think, yeah, just blow the place up, especially when you have a woman there. That was very stupid. I love the suit. I hate that it kept breaking down, but I loved, uh, what was it, Mark 42? I loved the suit. Um, yeah, uh, this Tony Stark, 
has no character development. Oh, and they were playing off of, they were making fun of Iron Patriot, and I loved it in the comic books. Like, that was one of my favorite things to see, but they just kind of put it to the side. This Tony Stark has zero character development. And I have to say, it is Iron Man 2's fault. Iron Man 2 gave him such a huge character development jump to where I feel like they're like, okay, what does he have to learn now? And he, in this movie, I don't even know what he learned. You know what I mean? And I watched this movie ten times. So I feel like he has no character development, and he was the same person throughout the whole movie. Like, he did not change. The only thing that changed drastically was Pepper. She got a character development. She was going, she was going through the craziest stuff. Um, yeah, I hate, I hate Trevor in this movie with a passion just because he messed up the Mandarin for me. And, uh, and yeah, and then little special effects things where they switched the eye of the bruising of Tony and the ship and all that. But I, I can get over that. I did love the sky where he tried to connect everyone together. I love that because it showed how important it is just to not be saved, but do what you can to help others. I love that. I love stuff like that. Ultimately, I give this movie, because it did have amazing special effects. It had amazing special effects. And the technology, too. (coughs) I have to give this this a 6.5. I really did not like the story um yeah yeah i don't think so i feel like they should have focused on his ptsd more i feel like they should have like they barely touched on his ptsd affecting other people they barely did that with with the suit grabbing pepper and then that was it um yeah and it and it kind of feels like what happened in New York was kind of just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, not my thing. I can't do okay. Iron Man 3. I, I can understand where you're coming from. That is a very reasonable viewpoint on it. <clears throat> um, and a very popular viewpoint as well, I will say. A lot of people think that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, say, I'm not saying you're following the crowds. I'm just saying that's, that's the same mindset a lot of people have at this moment. Um, yeah. Now, I personally... Like it almost as much, if not slightly, no, no, as much or just slightly less than Iron Man 2. <clears throat> my ranking, okay. may, my actual number ranking may be different just because I have to rewatch these movies, but I'm going off of memory here. Um, so the reason I like Iron Man 3, and I didn't like it the first time I watched it, but, but well, because same reason. They ruined the Mandarin, and I had done research on the Mandarin once I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, the Mandarin, what is he about? Did research on him, and I was like, this is a bad dude. And I was like, you know, okay, see what they do. And the fact that it was Aldrich Killian um, made me, just pissed me off the first time I saw it. Um, and. You know, if they would have gone with him from the beginning, it would have been more of a forgivable movie. Yeah. Um, because Agreed. he wasn't a great villain. He didn't have great motivation. But at the same mm-hmm. time, he wasn't the worst villain we've ever seen. It was the misdirect that just wiped us. Mm. Um, close to the worst, but he wasn't. Um, but the reason I loved the movie or learned to love it is because, one, the PTSD, like you mentioned, it, and I disagree with you, it does bring up what happened in New York. That's the reason he has the PTSD. Because he threw the nuke into space, and basically his PTSD was that, and the fact that he kept having flashes of himself, like, stuck in space. Which Mm -hmm. is terrifying. But then the acting and the hyperventilating and the shaking when he starts to get it, like with the, when he's signing his name, um, 
on the picture with him throwing the bomb. That kind of stuff was just like, man, it I love that screwed him up. <clears throat> um, and then I think the reason I loved the part, a portion of this movie, is because it showed how smart, but not just how smart, but how resourceful Tony Stark is. Because yes, he is super smart. Yes, he has been resourceful in the past. He created the Iron Man suits when he was in the gun business. All that. I get all that. But at the same time, he was resourceful enough to go to the hardware store and take out an entire building full of highly trained guards with ornaments, a nail gun, and one hand of his suit. Like, the fact that he's, he's not superhuman. He's nothing like that. He is just a genius, a billionaire playboy philanthropist, if, if you would say so. Um, I don't think I said that line right, but we're going to go with it. You did. So, you did. Oh, fantastic. So, um, genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. That was it. Um, so, I don't know. I just loved going into his mind and being like, okay, you don't have all your tech. You don't have all the money in the world. You have to stay hidden and you have to be quiet. What are you going to do, Mr. Hotshot, who thinks he's the crap and announced his, you know, address to the world? He's going to make ornament bombs is what he's going to do. And I don't know. That was just. I don't know. I just had never thought of Tony Stark being resourceful to that extent before this movie. And I feel like seeing that made me appreciate it so much more because it's something I didn't know that he could do or had in him for that matter. Um, and then I mean, even resourceful when it comes to um, him and the boy getting attacked in the town by the two super uh, powered people. Like they were resourceful enough to use, what was it like kitchen equipment to kill one of them? Or, or to, like, fry one of them and sent the other one into a telephone pole. Like, they didn't have any high-tech equipment for any of that. They were... He was just that smart. And so, I don't know. I, I feel like that just made me appreciate it much more. And then, I mean, no one can argue. The ending scene with, like, every suit just... And you just see all these suits line up. It was like... Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I do agree with you. It is a complete total waste and a shame that he blew all of them up at the end for Pepper and all of that. Um, because there was a lot of really cool suits and it didn't have any payoff. I agree with the whole, oh, he could fix his chest at all times. And oh, it's, I mean, well, He's going to give up his suits, but also not really. And then him and Pepper are going to have problems because of it. So it nullifies Iron Man 3. All of that makes sense. But I think this movie was him understanding that he... Um, at, oh, 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 oh. As we're going to talk about for a future a movie later in this phase, he says he wanted to put a suit around the world. And I think this movie made him realize that that's what he needs to do. It was his motivation almost. Because the only people that had suits were him and Rhodey, and without his suit, he felt almost helpless. He did the best he could, and he did a good job. But it made him realize how quickly the people in his life could get hurt. Because Happy was blown up, Pepper was taken and experimented on. It almost drove him to have the motivation to put a suit around the world. So I I love that. But be Iron Man then. What? Oh, oh, oh. He gave up. <clears throat> he gave up being Iron Man when we when we saw the trailers for Age of Ultron already. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. I I think he did that. And again, I don't like that scene. I think he did that just for um presentation's sake and for the sake of. Pepper being like, he really does love me. But uh, I, I agree with you. But at the same time, I feel like that is a thought that was placed into his head that he just needed to protect everyone. But he 
couldn't do it in that moment because Pepper was on the fence about him. And, and yeah, that this is why I I agree with you on that. Just the writing was horrible. If you're trying to protect someone, why bring a terrorist to your house to your woman? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And that's why I'm why, saying I think his arc. Why put this kid in harm's way? That's why I'm saying I think in the arc of this movie, it was he was super cocky and didn't care who he felt like he could take on the world. But the moment he didn't have his suits and had to be resourceful, that's when he was like, oh, crap, people actually matter. Um, And, and it's it's all. He was already like that in Iron Man 1. Yeah, no, I agree. It was almost that's, that's a redo of Iron like Man 1. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, there, it's not original. <laughs> he was, we already know how resourceful, resourceful this fool is. Obadiah Stane says it best. He built this in a cave with, with a, box a bunch of scraps. of scraps. That right there should tell you how resourceful this fool is. He was dying. He had shrapnel in his chest that was going to his heart. He built something to stop it while doing that he built a suit to escape and still has a recollection of wow my stuff is killing people what can i do about it and he thinks that a suit of armor around the world would help and it does that is both the premise of one and very less well done in three. I agree. I agree with that point of view. I think there were certain points in three that they did well, such as his resourcefulness taken in a different manner. Um, and I think the kid was funny. I liked him. Um, I, I mean, he wasn't the best part of the movie by far, but he was, you know, he was all right. Um, yeah, he was all right. And then just the other points I brought up, not a perfect movie by any means, but definitely not my least favorite. Um, mm. I am going to give Iron Man 3, and we've harped on this for almost a little under 20 minutes, so we got to hurry the next few up. Yeah. But um, I will say I'm going to give the movie a 7.4. Okay. I didn't hate it. And, and one, one more thing before we move on. Another reason why I know this wasn't a good movie is because it wasn't made by the same director, John Favreau. True. Even it's though he was in it. <laughs> he was in it, and he produced it. He did not write it and direct it, like he did with the first two. Correct. So, okay, so we're moving on. <clears throat> so the next one. Another bit of a controversial one. For the Dark World. Um, controversially and widely known as one of the worst Marvel movies in general to a lot of people. Um. So my thoughts on this movie, I liked Thor's character quite a bit. I liked, and I'm, I'm going off of pure memory here because it's been so long since I've seen it. But he oh, lost. I, I just saw it like a, a month ago again, so it's fresh for me. But he lost so much in this first movie. I mean, the first and second combined. But especially the second, you know, he lost his mom. Now he's on the run um, with his brother, who is also a killer. but. It's all kind of convoluted, but at the same time, Thor goes through so much, but still has such valor that he learned in the first movie that I do respect that. Um, I think that the ether was an interesting concept. I don't think they handled the ether very well, um, but I think it was an interesting concept being absorbed into a human and then taken out of the human and then all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jane Foster, again. Great actress, uh, did a great job in this movie. Um, I think she acted very well. Uh, Loki, again, amazing. I don't think Tom Hiddleston has ever had a bad performance, so let's get that out of the way. Um, never. Never. Uh, I did not like Malekith. Um, <clears throat> I think he was very one-dimensional. Um, I, I think that you know, his plan was obviously very um, big, <laughs> being that it was going across all, what, seven realms? Um, nine. Nine, thank you. So, 
being that it was going across all nine realms, it was a very big plan, I agree. But at the same time, he did not have very much depth as a character. It was, oh, I'm a big bad elf. Dark elf. And I want to destroy all nine realms. And uh, again, going off of pure memory here. Um, now, he was pretty terrifying at moments. You know, killing Thor's mom and doing stuff like that was like, oh my gosh. Like, she's she's gone, and now they're going up against each other, and Loki's plan didn't work, and Loki, quote-unquote, died for a second time. Um, I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings about this movie. There's a few things that I liked. I think it brought a little too much comedy to be called The Dark World. Um, I think that they leaned... And, and I know we'll talk about this later, but Thor Ragnarok handled comedy very well. I think this didn't handle its comedy very well. It had comedy, but not it didn't use it right. Um, so I was not a huge fan of this movie. I'm going to be honest. It's entertaining, um, but not my favorite. I am going to give it a 6.1. This is one of my favorite Thor movies of all time, and this is why. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's up there for me. It's really up there. The Dark Elves. They are scary. That's why in the beginning <clears throat> when Odin has another narration, love it. Every Thor movie I feel like needs a narration. Uh-huh. It's taught, it, need, it needs to teach us about something that is about to happen every time. The story behind the Dark Elves is scary. As soon as they had the... Because they already had the ether. That's the thing. At this point, when Bor was king of Asgard, they had the ether already. Asgard's job was to take him out. And oh my god, the elves were going crazy. As soon as Bor came in, though, he was like, oh no, no, chill out. And the fact that the... Dark elves are so insane that they killed themselves to try to stop all the Asgardians and took a lot of them with them. That is, that's a scary race. And, and the fact that the elves still lost is mind boggling to me, but they still had it, had, had its leader so that all this time will pass and which is thousands of years because people over in those realms can live thousands of years. He has time to rebuild his army again, which is even crazier. Now, I love that they buried the ether somewhere else where no one would find it. I love it so much because it shows something that is so accurate onto how Vikings would handle it, especially in their stories, and how that can mess it up for them too because they buried it in a time they weren't supposed to bury it, and that was in the Convergence. That's the one time they shouldn't have buried it, and they buried it at that time because they weren't focusing on the Convergence, they just wanted to take this out. And the and that's why I also like it, because the only way to bury it is through the Convergence. So they messed up, and I love it, just because it shows the re uh, repercussions that can, it can have in the future, and boom, guess what's happening? The ether's coming back. I love that. And that's just the beginning of the movie. That's the intro. I'm already sucked in. Thor, his character development stays from the first movie, and he actually gets a bigger character development, which is insane. He, he is way too focused. He, he's selfless. He's way too focused on Earth, on Earth right now. And it is distracting him from what he's supposed to do. Straight up. And I love that because it gives me something new to work with. And we still have the same Thor that we have. And his dad is very one-dimensional. I love it. Because that, that gives a little conflict between the two. And you'll see that later. Like, Odin thinks about one thing and one thing only. That is it. That's how it's done. And that's how he, and that's how he always thinks. Thor, he just learned that there's different branches to everything. Where he's like, oh shoot, 
life is more complicated than this. Um, and he surges through that. And I like that uh, Jane Foster and the team are still working on the convergence. Like, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And the elves scared the crap out of me. Think about this. Heimdall can see everything. He sees his big ship coming. He's like, crap, I got to get to work. He tears that ship up. It took everything that he could. He tore that up. He even smiled when it crashed on the Rainbow Bridge. And guess what? A hundred of them start coming. And a bigger one came. He's like, crap, I can't do this. That's scary. The fact that Loki got arrested and he got and he got broken out and the only reason why he's living is just so that he can save Asgard and he's <clears throat> still trying to turn on him that takes balls that's intense so i love that part the elves kept winning and winning and winning to where you did not know the ending uh the 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 light at the end of the tunnel even when thor and loki tricked them with that cool trick with the arm or whatever and they're trying to destroy the ether and it doesn't work you're like then how are they gonna then how are they gonna win like there's no winning in sight it's 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 just straight up insanity and then when you see loki die that was like wait he's dead and then he comes back on the throne, and you're like, crap, he got it. Oh, shoot. What is it going to be now? Like, it, it brought you on this emotional roller coaster, and every single character has amazing character development. Yes, Malekith is very one-dimensional. The reason why he's one-dimensional is because he only has one goal for, like, 100,000 years. That that you have to be one-dimensional to have that kind of goal. Odin is too. You should hate on Odin. He's more one-dimensional than that, Malekith. And yeah, I just loved it just because Asgard was losing. And the only way to win was to look at people that they couldn't trust. That is one of the most emotional tie-ins that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has ever done is your world is dying what can you do? And they were so desperate, so desperate. They they went back to Loki and said, "You, oh, you're making fun of Captain America too. I can't do it, you bro." But that was funny. I'll I'll give him that. But, but let's just do this. And it was the pacing was so perfect. the The comedy, in my point of view, was perfect. I can tell you right now. If we both watch this movie together. And you listen to those jokes, you will laugh. And it'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, because I can tell you all the jokes. The first joke I love is, we had it handled. Is that why everything's on fire? And then he gets hit right immediately. That's hilarious. Loki trying to say, uh, you need to press it gently. I'm pressing it gently. It's not working. That's hilarious, because they're in a stressful situation. It's trying to, and it shows that they were still brothers and how they like grew up together. Uh, and the Warriors 3, they they killed it. Oh, my God. I love seeing them all the time. Um, no, yeah, this was better than the first movie, in my opinion. Perfectly paced. Everyone had great character development. Another Infinity Stone given to the Collector. I love it. Amazing. Ten? Oh, yeah, ten. <laughs> this, is better, this, this is better than the first Thor. It, it built off of it. Like, it didn't trash it. It built right, it sat right on top of it and said, let's keep going. And it continued that Thor story that I love so much. And they did it in such a gritty, dark, and a little comedy into it matter. And it was a perfectly balanced meal. I loved it. Okay. Okay. I can, <clears throat> I can respect that. Um, I will, one side note that brings it up to like a 6.3 for me is... Uh, oh is the scene when Loki was in jail and he was fine. And then you see his, his illusion come down and he is a broken man after his mom dies. See, Oh, that, 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 that's what I mean. Yes. That, that is one that I will give that movie that that was an incredibly active scene. 
Um, but but like from there, it just doesn't stop after that. Like that impactful scene right there, it shows how close Thor and Loki were, and then they had the fighting, and then Thor's like really broken, saying, "Dude, I love you so much. I wish I can trust you." Like it it hurt him. Like you could see the stress on his face. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, how can you not feel that for him? Like goodness. Yeah. Thor is one of the Underrated characters from from here on out from from here and back is one of the most underrated characters of the MCU just because he's been way much more than anybody in this uh, Marvel universe uh, till there. So that's why I love this movie so much because it really tugged on hit on Thor's relationships with people from from this one. So it was it was amazing. That that is true. I I will agree you with you. Get that a seven. <laughs> so. The ne- I will I will give a preface. The next two movies are in my top three MC. Oh no! Let, let's just talk about it. Uh, you, uh, I, Which, I'm sorry. Uh, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I get to talk about this. You don't. Okay. No. Oh, I'll yeah, talk I'm... about it. <laughs> yeah, you'll talk about it. All right. Let me tell you a story. Okay. Real quick, real quick. Before you do that, I'm sorry for anyone what? listening. If you hear me keep clearing my throat, I woke up this morning and my nasal passages were all over the place, so I have to keep clearing my throat and drinking a lot of water. So if that's annoying, I apologize up front. Anyway, go ahead. No, you're good. So, let me tell you a story. This movie is my first MCU movie that I ever watched in a theater. Mm. But here's the story. My... My dad took me to see this movie. He was like, you know what? We're going to watch the new Captain America movie. Let's get it. I said, all right, dad, let's go. I'm not even going to talk about the movie because we already know how glorious this movie is, okay? I'm going to tell you the side effects of the movie. All right. We're done with the movie. I'm silent. I am on edge. I'm shaking. Okay? Mm-hmm. We go to Jack of the Box. My dad orders us food to go. This woman, you know how they open up the bags to like open them so you can put the burgers or whatever? Yeah. This woman opens the bag. I jump 20 feet in the air. <laughs> I go in the stance like this, going like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> This was my fight or flight happening. I was about to kick some folks in the head. I was tense. My dad was dying from that point on. Because he said, wow, that movie affected you that much? I was like, I guess so. And then he told me the story of when he took my grandparents. My dad had a van and his window, uh, you know, the the blinds? Yeah. Were broken. My grandpa out of the movie was like, let's let's rip that thing off. My grandpa tries to rip it off and he's struggling. He breaks it. My grandma moves my grandpa over, says, move, wraps this thing, pulls the whole window out, breaks the van. This movie affects you. This movie changed everything that we knew about the MCU. Agreed? Agreed. This is when Captain America was my favorite adventure from here on out. Once you see this dude in his spy uniform in the beginning of the movie, seeing him kick people off the boat, front flip and throw the shield, whack him and just throw knives at the dude's head, kick him in the face. <laughs> For those of you listening and not watching, I think you passed out. It's it's a spy movie, and like, but it was like Captain America, and like, ugh. oh my god, oh my god, this is just such a good movie. Oh my god, this is easily, easily in the top three. Of every single Marvel movie alive in that top three. I don't know where you would put it, but it's up there. 
This changed everything. The Russo brothers said, here, hold my drink. <laughs> so, I could guess your rating on this one, then? Bro! I want to I want to talk about every single scene in the movie. I'm not going to. One million. It's so good. Oh, I'm about to watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. After we record this, we'll do a watch party and we'll watch it together. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, please talk because I'm just gonna okay. ha keep having spasms. All right. All right. <laughs> so when it comes to this movie, this was the first movie. That I basically took my parents to go see. Because this is when I had already gotten into comics and movies and all this stuff. And they were like, <clears throat> I mean, they had seen Avengers and all that. But they were like, yeah, I mean, it, it looks interesting. We'll go watch it. Um, also, he's passed out on his keyboard currently. So um, we, <laughs> we, uh, we went to go watch it. And it was the first movie. Well, first of all, I was freaking out the entire movie. Um, just as Jabin is currently doing. So I was freaking out. And that was the first movie that we walked out of. And my dad, who is not a comic person, he's not a comic book movie person. He does he likes reality, not reality TV shows, but like um grounded TV shows. We'll put it like that. <clears throat> so realistic. Realistic, thank you. So we walked out of there and the end credit scene with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Um, we walked out of there and he goes, okay, you, we went to go get pizza after that. And he goes, you need to explain that to me. And he was, he asked me questions for the next hour and a half. Someone who does not like comic book movies asked me questions for an hour and a half explaining Winter Soldier, explaining Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, explaining why Hydra had invaded S.H.I.E.L.D., explaining all this. I was able to answer like 95% of his questions, but I, I, like that showed me as a comic book lover. I was like, this is not just for us. So I, and just talking about a few like quick things about the movie, best hand to hand combat in anything yet that they had produced. And in my personal opinion, the knife fight between him and winter soldier at Bucky is just like the knife, dropping the knife, grabbing it and keeping going is some of the best hand-to-hand -hand combat, not just in a Marvel movie, but in any movie I have ever seen. So it's only topped possibly by Shang-Chi. And that's just almost. So... But it shows, like, the fighting shows character development. Like, like Captain America isn't just sitting around saving people. He actually took the S.H.I.E.L.D. training and said, let's do this! Like, yeah, he... He actually... Like, him progress all of a sudden and be like, oh. <laughs> because in the first Captain America movie, and even in the Avengers, he fights well, but he does not know hand-to-hand. -hand. And so... He just blows. It, it, yeah, and it's very obvious that in that movie, he had been training with Black Widow and S.H.I.E.L.D. and that team to get better with hand-to-hand, -hand, which is why he can go hand-to-hand -hand with Winter Soldier like it's nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was struggling, but they were they were just going at it. And Winter Soldier took on Falcon, Black Widow, and Cap at the same time. And I mean, granted, he technically lost, quote unquote, but be, because they like he ran away, but he didn't lose. He was going up against three heroes, and. So the hand-to-hand -hand was amazing. The emotional storytelling between Bucky and his past and um, Steve with the whole I'm with you to the end of the line. <clears throat> um, Hydra brainwashing him and Cap snapping him out of that at the last second. Um, and he didn't even fully snap him out of it. In Civil War, you almost still see a little bit of it. And, I mean, you see more than a little bit when Baron Zemo, that's a whole other conversation. But he almost snaps him completely out of it. And then the end credit scene, you see Bucky going to the museum and he's like, he was telling the truth. So all of that combined mixed with the spy sections, like you said, the best hand to hand combat section, the beginning boat section that, it, <laughs> that they've ever produced. And then. Dude, how, 
How did he do better when he put the shield on his back? That dude said, I thought he was more than just a shield. It was like, <laughs> let's that see. Bet. He's the shield. <laughs> so, I can't. So, <laughs> oh, the, my God. The, the, How did he do better without the shield? I'm done. <laughs> so, I'm done. <laughs> so he, he, it, it was just one of the best choreographed and best storytelling <laughs> movies. Oh, I didn't even talk about the story. Well, I think the story speaks for itself. Yeah, and then, it does. And then just oh. when Cap, you know, is on the speaker and tells all the oh. S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to fight back against the ones who defected to Hydra and yada, 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 you see... Um, Artem Zola as the was still losing, <laughs> and, and they were still losing. And you see Artem Zola down in the underground bunker, and he is the actual computerized Artem Zola, like he is in the comics. And the fact that we thought there was a romance between Cap and Natasha at that point in time, but realistically, they were just like the best friends ever. So, I think we both can rate that about a million out of ten. Moving on. Moving on. I'm very happy I get to talk about this next one because this next one is also in my top three. So next movie is Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm going to just say this straight out. One of the best soundtracks in any movie that has ever been produced. And I know that's maybe bad to say because it's just a compilation of older songs. But how they use them in the movie and how they are such a big part of Peter's life and how he literally dances to save the world like Evan Bacon just like elevates the songs to another standard. I have a record player over on my shelf over here and I have volume one and volume two of the Guardians of the Galaxy on record because I just listen to them. Because I can replay parts of the movie in my head when the songs come on. So, the music, 10 out, like, oh my gosh, the music is incredible. <clears throat> and then, I mean, just the emotional storytelling of Peter as a kid losing his mom. I mean, what a way to start a movie. To have a kid just be like, oh yeah, your mom has a tumor and cancer, by the way. Oh, and now she's dead and you've been kidnapped. Like... That's how the movie starts. When you are supposed to get the vibe that it's a light movie, that's how it starts. And then, you know, as the movie goes on, you start to see, you know, the funny parts of uh, Star-Lord, man. Ooh. And it, it really gives you, it, it endears you to his character. And then the dancing through the caverns to find the Power Stone with the, uh, hey, hey, what the matter with, like, that was the perfect way to introduce him as an adult. Um, also, don't mind the atrocious singing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's Grammy. That's but, Grammys. That's okay. But the the fact that it introduced him with that song, and he's just dancing through it, and then goes into a, a conversation where no one knows who he is, and then goes into a full firefight and actually wipes the floor with these guys. So all of that combined is a great opening. And then, you know, you meet Rocket and Groot, you meet Gamora, you meet Drax. And I mean, this is the one movie where Drax was an actual threat. This is this is the only movie where Drax felt like he could rip your face off. Like, which, in my opinion, is how Drax is supposed to feel. Um, I mean, he's funny at certain moments, he's supposed to be. But a lot of the time, his name is literally Drax the Destroyer. So he is supposed yep. to feel scared. So. Loved how they did it with him. Um, Gamora and Peter building their little relationship as it as it goes on. Absolutely incredible storytelling. And then Ronan, not the best villain that I've ever seen, but his motivation wanting to like get revenge on all these planets was warranted and good. And this is the first movie where we visually see Thanos other than just the side of his face which was a shock yep. to everyone because when I went to go see it in theaters and he turned around in his chair everyone went oh 
What? And, you know, it, it, it boggles your mind a little bit because Ronan is so pissed off at that point that he just snaps the neck of the guy that is, like, talking for Thanos. Just snaps his neck like nothing. And you're like, oh, Ronan's a powerful dude. And then Thanos is like, oh, by the way, you're a child. And, and <laughs> you're like, oh, 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 hold on. What? Um, so, and the fact that the Guardians, I mean, when they break out of prison, they work as a team, but then they just bicker the entire time that they're together. And then, I mean, you have like, I have 12% of a plan. Well, that's hardly any of a plan. And that kind of bantering makes it feel like the first Marvel family. You know how like Fantastic Four was the first Marvel family in the comics. Well, this felt like the first Marvel family. Avengers was great, but they didn't feel like a family. They felt like a team. No. Yeah. This was the first Marvel family. And, I mean, just, you know, the way they worked with the Nova Corps at the end, the way they used Rocket's contraption to actually just, like, you know, decimate part of Ronin, or at least we thought. And then you see each individual person's or character's um, abilities and what they're good at and their personalities. Because, I mean, even in the last hallway scene when they, all the guards come in, take Groot as an example. All Groot has been up to this point is like, oh, I'm, you know, Rocket's protector. And that's all we know. We haven't seen any massive stuff from him. It's like, you know, eh, he, he's big. He could be intimidating. And then he just shoots his arm through like five of them smacks him against walls like six times and turns around and just grins. And there's so much personality in each individual character and the comedy beats are so on point on this movie. Like, yeah. they do not miss with the with the comedy. It is so well put together. So, all of it, oh my gosh. And then the, the dancing scene and... Because, I mean, if you think about it logically, if someone was wanting to destroy the Earth or kill someone and you start dancing, they're not just going to be like, oh, you're stupid, dead. They're going to be confused. Especially if they don't know what you're doing. They don't know what dancing is. They're going to be like, what is going on? So that was like the perfect way to distract someone who had no idea what was going on. Um, and then the fact that you do see them as a family at the end with the, where the Guardians of the Galaxy we're trying not to curse on here. So, we're the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to say the line, too. <laughs> <laughs> We've kept it clean up till here. Let's see what we can do. Um, oh, man. But, uh, I mean, we're obviously not exclusively, oh, we're new, Kathy. Uh, we, we've got to keep it PG. We, we do want to keep it as PG as possible, but you get what I mean. Yes. So, just the fact that they ended it like that, and then Groot sacrificed himself. And then you see little baby Groot in the end dancing to the song. And Drax is like, looks over and he just freezes. That It's that kind of stuff that just makes this movie feel good. This movie feels incredible to watch. Which is why it's in my top three. I give this movie a 10 out of 10 every day of the week. Uh, this is definitely a 10 out of 10 movie. It's definitely a feel good movie. Um, just coming from someone who read the comics and the older ones before uh, watching this movie, um, <clears throat> the only two the only two characters that are that are really the same are like Star Lord and Drax, but that's still kind of like pushing it. Drax is probably the only like actual like comic book accurate person. Um, everyone else was kind of changed, so this was kind of like me going into it a little a little new. Because Gamora is way more flirty and uses her uses her feminine side to mess up people constantly. Like that's why she was called the deadliest woman in the galaxy because she can entice you and then break your neck in like two seconds. So, so the fact that she was more cold and not as open in this one was a little weird for me, but they made it work just because of everybody's dynamic. Uh, they made it work, and I'm with it. I like it. And, uh, yeah, the comedic timing is on par every single time. Now, I feel like we should have a count on how many, uh, 
we should have a count on how many um body objects Rocket has starting with this <laughs> this movie. He has a leg. Yeah. And that's all that he has right now. So let's just, you know, keep it there. But the yeah. movies that progress on, he he'll have more. So right now he has a leg. Amazing. If you're uh, able to yeah, do this in the editing, let's do this. Right below me, just put Rocket's body count and just put leg. <laughs> got it. Got it. Leg. And we'll so, we'll progress uh, from there. Yeah, definitely. And um yeah, <sighs> everyone, this is just a great movie and it's a fun movie to watch. It's intense. Uh everyone and I mean everyone in this movie has some kind of character development, not just these uh five, but everyone around them. Uh Ronin, uh Nebula, uh shoot, even the collector, mm-hmm. uh everyone from nowhere. Uh just uh the ravagers yondu uh shoot yondu with his arrow i was going crazy um yeah this 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 is just a really good movie to start off the guardians with so and like you said they're they're a family they're these this is our first mcu family so definitely definitely a 10 out of 10 with this one i like i love this one yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. so we uh just a heads up we are at about 50 minutes so we got to get through these next two decently quickly yep. Which I don't think will be hard. Um, no. But uh, you can go ahead and start off the next movie. Age of Ultron. Phenom- phenomenal. Because you see that there's they still, they can hang out, that, that's cool, but you can still see that there's pockets of them that are still able to be broken. And again, they have another thing to avenge. And it's just another fantastic Avengers movie. And I love that it's Iron Man's fault this time, because in the comic books, it switches, because sometimes Iron Man creates Ultron, or Ant-Man uh, controls Hank Old, Pym, uh, yeah. made Ultron. So, so yeah, so it's, it, I like that Iron Man was the one this time. I like that he was, uh, like, this is why I don't like Iron Man theories, because I like that he kept being obsessed about his stuff, and it ended up being Sokovia's downfall. I love it. I love that he was too obsessed and messed up. Um, Vision, amazing. Just the way they introduce new stuff and these characters. The only thing I don't like is the death of Quicksilver. Agreed. Um, pretty much other than that, this is a pretty good movie because you see them broken. The Avengers are broken. Um, and for for a very good reason. Um, yeah, again, Hulkbuster armor, amazing. Thor trying to find answers is amazing. Uh, we get some more backstory between between who they are, except for Hawkeye, uh, just because he wasn't mind controlled. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really good movie, and War Machine coming back. It was it was a really good movie. Okay. I I give it I give it personally. I think it's better than the first one, just because you know the progression and everything, not just like. You know, like movie wise, the first yeah. one's better, but I'm talking about like progression. This gives me another feeling that the other one didn't give me, so this is on top of it, which is the goal. Uh, this is better than the first one to me. Ten out of ten. Uh, just the only thing I don't like is just the uh, quick silver death. Other than that, perfect movie to me. Okay, I I have a little bit of a different opinion. I like this movie a whole lot. I will watch this movie anytime it's on. I enjoy it. Vision, great character. Quicksilver, or I'm sorry, um, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, um, at the end becomes an amazing character and is terrifying at the beginning of the movie. Um, literally shows them their worst fears. Um, yep. We see Hulk absolutely go nuts, and the Hulkbuster was amazing. Uh, Quicksilver, yep. amazing character while he was alive. Yep. <clears throat> um, and, I mean... It was a good movie. I feel like they could have done Ultron a little bit more comic accurate because he was much, much, much like he had a lot of scary presence, but in the comics, he didn't need as many bots to do his bidding. Like he himself was terrified. Um, just like as an individual robot and AI, like he was very smart and intimidating in this movie, but in the original, he was like, I can take the Avengers out single-handedly. Well, that, that's the problem, because the comic book, he actually made, like, $15 billion after the fact, but he killed 
every single one of the Avengers except for Tony. And he was ruling the world at that point. So so that so they had to bring him down. Yeah. They had to like have nerf like they did the same thing for Thanos. Thanos could wipe out a whole bunch of folks, but you know, till we see, he can only wipe out a few. So they they had they had to grab people and bring them down just so that it can make the movie more impactful. So everyone, like even Doctor Strange, he's supposed to be more power, way more powerful than he is now. Yeah. So they had to keep keep it down just because he's he's able to take over the whole world <laughs> and take out every single Avenger. So that's so yeah. I I I I got past that because I I said the same thing, but as soon as I knew how it would progress. I was very okay with it just because it, he, that dude is too powerful mm. and they needed to nerf that fool down unless you want to see the Avengers not be alive anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're so, right. You're right. Because they still uh, got Thanos to, to take out. They don't even know. So Yeah. So, I mean, great movie. Like I said, just the mostly the Quicksilver thing was like, I felt almost unnecessary just because, unnecessary. Just because he was a great character. And a little bit yeah. of time he was on screen. Um, so I would give this one, I don't think it's better than the first. I like the progression, but I don't think it's better than the first. I give and this I, one. I totally respect you for that. Like, I totally understand. There's no, like, yeah. hate going to for that one. Yeah. Enjoyment wise and movie wise, I give it a 9.6. So, um, you know, good movie. Uh, so this last one, I don't think we're going to spend very long on. Um, it's a small movie. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Ant-Man. Um, but it's, uh, so as far as Ant-Man goes, uh, I enjoyed the movie. After Age of Ultron, which felt like it, it had a good ending, but at the same time, it was a very dark movie at certain points. So Ant-Man felt like a breath of fresh air. And enjoyment and comedy. Don't get me wrong, Yellow Jacket was terrifying. But at the same time, like the Thomas the Train Engine, stuff like that, it, it, moments like that were very funny and entertaining, but also impactful with the story with his daughter and with uh, him and Hank kind of butting heads occasionally and how he went subatomic at the very end to save Cassie. Um, all, all those serious moments really hit, but also it was just a funny, good experience. It was a, I don't want to say palate cleanser because that downplays it, but it, it was a very good enjoyment. So I would, I would give Ant-Man a solid nine. I, I love this movie more than anyone, and I don't know why. Coming up to watching this movie, I knew every single thing about Ant-Man. Like, I still do. <laughs> this movie said, shut up, threw everything I knew out the window. And it told me, listen. I was like, I'm listening. <laughs> and I got something completely new, and I completely loved it. <sighs> It, th this movie was like really like amazing to me. They've never done anything like this. This I've, I, I've that's why I feel like this gets so underrated. There's no movie that makes everything bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller in such a fast-paced way. It makes the continuation still going and make the special effects amazing still make makes it seem real while having all that production value still having an amazing script especially with with the side characters i love 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 michael pena's character oh yeah i needed <clears throat> him so bad as soon as you see him hey how's it girl man as he led me and my mom died too and my dad got deported. But I got the van. That was, <laughs> I was dying. I was like, how are you still smiling after saying that? That, I was dying. It was hilarious. 
and then uh, about the wine tasting and trying to connect the dots that Hank Pym uh, paid somebody to make them steal the suit. That was amazing. Um, yeah, and then just everybody's characters was so on point, and it everything made sense. And this was a movie that I can't, I could not question. And that was one thing uh, at this time watching it. I was like, I could question every single movie, but I can't question this one. So this one is heavily underrated in my opinion, just because it, because it has so many elements of special effects and a fantastic script all in one. And everyone was so on point. Um, it's mind-boggling to see actors um, work with things that aren't there. And this is a perfect movie to do that with the big old Thomas the Train, that the big old ant that was walking around and saying, oh, that's really big dog. Like, them just seeing that and making it seem like they saw that was is amazing. Cassie, that little girl, seeing, the, seeing them two fight and seeing all that happening and actually, like, looking and how the special, special effects guy did all that. It's it's amazing. It's a really good... And fighting Sam Wilson, that's a fantastic fight. Like, it was really easy to catch on with, and it made sense. Um, yeah, this was, this was a 10 out of 10 movie, just because I couldn't find anything wrong. And it threw everything that I knew about Ant-Man out of the window. This is not the same big old helmet dude that we know. It's it's some it's someone else's story and i love that so much it's amazing it's a different origin story for somebody else because i thought it was just gonna be hank pym no he's old so i i loved it a lot yeah no i i can agree with you there i plus i will point out this was the first time that spider-man was ever mentioned um mm -hmm. when they were going through what he was saying oh so-and-so paid so-and-so so-and-so and they were like there's a guy who jumps, there's a guy who climbs on walls, there's a guy who swings, or something like that. I can't remember the exact line. Yeah, no, no, that was exactly. And, uh, like, hearing that, I was like, there is no way. But, uh, <clears throat> incredible, you know, great movie. Um, you know, I'm still sticking with 9 out of 10, but I do really enjoy the movie. It's a feel-good movie. Um, it, it really is. So, uh, yeah. I uh, I think that's all of them as far as I can see. Um, yeah, yeah, that's phase two. I, I will say we did go a little over an hour, but yeah. um, I I think that may happen with the through phases three and four because we have a lot to say. I mean, it, I, I'm a disclaimer. I'm I'm gonna say this out there for right now. Phase three. This this is gonna be really tough on me editing wise, but we're gonna do it. Okay, phase three. I know we're gonna go over to uh, we're gonna go to two hours. I just know it. Phase four, <laughs> phase four. I feel like, oh shoot, hold on. Same thing. <laughs> so let let's just put everything when we do phase three and four. Let's just put everything out there, and I'll handle everything. Okay, we, we can do we, this. We we can do that. Uh, you know, either that or we can split it up into parts one and two. Um, yeah. I mean, that may be a little more digestible, <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it's, it's up to you guys and it's also, well, it's up to us to see how long we go and then we'll decide from there. We don't want to overwhelm yeah. you guys with content, but at the same time, we do want to give our full opinions without cutting them down. Exactly. So, um, you know, we, we'll talk about what to do and we'll see how long it takes to record the others and go from there but uh phase two phase one and phase two are done uh, i hope you guys did enjoy this one because we very much did i think um yeah. we, we spent 27 minutes talking about iron man 3 <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> but um incredible time like i said in the last one yesterday uh you know if you guys are listening to this on a podcast we have a youtube channel where you can actually see our faces while we're talking about this um, and we'd love to hear your comments uh, about some of the movies, what you think, what your opinions are, because these are just our opinions, what we think, what we love, what we hate, all of the above. Um, so, you know, we appreciate it if you listen to the podcast, watch the videos, but we want to hear your feedback. Um, and we appreciate all the support. Um, right now, currently, as we're recording this, we only have two episodes out. The third one is going out um, on Sunday. So. We, you know, we don't even know exactly how many people are watching or listening to this yet, but 
Um, we know of a few. So anyone watching this or listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, it seriously yeah. means a lot. I mean, this is honestly just a passion project for me and Jabin, uh, just because we enjoy talking to each other and talking and being crazy and laughing and talking about nerd stuff. And uh, it seems like other people enjoy listening to it because, you know, we're not putting on a show per se. We are talking and recording it. So, um, you know, obviously we try and keep it in time, timely standards. We're not going to have a three-hour video. But we do appreciate all the support and all the love um, that you guys just listening shows support. So. Thank you, everyone, so much for lost lit law. I was about to say watching and listening at the same time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank you for for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, that should be our new thing. Thank you for listening. <laughs> that is so cheesy, and I want to do it now. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're <laughs> Thank doing you it. for listening. Thank you for listening. Okay. It makes it sound like three-year-olds, but I dig it. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> all right. So we're going to get going, but thank you guys. And we will see all of you next time. See you guys. See you guys later.